Luka Doncic does something nobody has done in NBA history. Could Trey Young be on the move out of Atlanta? And real or fake, LeBron James knows the Lakers season is toast. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make Locked On NBA your first listen. And on Wednesdays, I'm your usual co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'm Tony East filling in for John Corrales again twice this month, Jake. People get to hear us yell at each other. It's the best. Look, it was an exciting night. You get to you get to come on for like a real fun day. We're not even going to touch on the Celtics because no one cares after what Luka Doncic <laughs> just did. Uh, we'll talk about that. Trey Young getting some odds on will he be out of the Atlanta Hawks and where will his next team be? And then we'll do the usual real or fake on Wednesday and see if LeBron knows the season is over. But we we got to start. We had to kind of adjust the plan for the show here right at the end after Luka Doncic in the Dallas Mavericks beat the New York Knicks. 126-121 in overtime. Luka Doncic which, with one of the most absurd stat lines you will ever see. 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. It's only the second ever 60-point triple-double in NBA history and the first triple-double with 20-plus rebounds. Like, I, I don't necessarily have the words. The dude's just like a magician, right? Like, that was incredible. Yeah, obviously he's not a he's not a role player, so this will sound dumb, but like you could divide all those stats by ten, right? Six, <laughs> two, and one, and some bench players are like, "Yeah, all right, I contributed tonight." <laughs> like it's ten times better in all three major stats, and including huge buckets down the stretch, right? A three and and one, and the the miracle play. We can get into that in a second. At the end, to get it to overtime when they were down a bunch with thirty seconds to go, he's playing against. His old running mates, new team, even though Brunson didn't play, like to step up like that is just ridiculous. Six, 60 just looks fake. Like you see some 50s every now and again, and it's still a huge deal. 60 is just a whole nother level of holy crap, that guy just kicked your butt for 47 minutes. No, it's 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 wild, right? If you're a Knicks fan, you have to feel pretty pretty rough after this one. He also had an amazing comment after the game where they were interviewing him and they're like, 60-point triple-double, like, how are you feeling? He goes, I'm tired as hell and I need a recovery beer, is what Luka Doncic said. Dude's definitely earned at least one recovery beer, I I think. Like, I So I don't know if this game says more about Luka or more about the Dallas Mavericks, right? Now, the Knicks, I think, are good, but they're not playing with Jalen Brunson in this one. And it takes this this historic, one-of-a-kind NBA performance to just, like, eke out a win in overtime. That's not... Is this encouraging for the Mavs or not? Uh, eh. I mean, look, you, you won the game. You can always feel good about that. But not, not only did Brunson not play, RJ Barrett got hurt, like... Two minutes, three minutes into the game, like yep. the, you know, two of their top three guys are out right away, and they and and they were up nine with thirty seconds to go. I mean, like I get the context can make you say, yeah, you know, we didn't have our guys, but they they've got to feel pretty crummy about losing that game with all of that in mind. And the Mavs also have to feel like, man, we needed that 
to get to to get to overtime even like that's kind of what i was no, going no at one right feels good about this except for luca who's like yeah <laughs> i get a beer now <laughs> mark, mark cuban's probably pretty happy right like dirk was there he was smiling a little bit but i think if you're like you know more closely associated with the day-to-day of either team you probably feel absolutely terrible from something like this the knicks were up nine with 34 33 seconds left to go and blew this and it's just an incredibly, uh, just an incredible choke job, including Luca with the heroic last second play going to the free throw line. They're down to, he misses the first, throws it off the backboard, gets tipped around by a couple guys. He comes up with it and just puts up this miracle shot that goes in. Yeah, the, the whole last 34 seconds felt like a miracle, right? They're down 112 yeah. 103 with 30 seconds to go. Christian Wood three. Then they get a steal. Luca gets an and one on a putback, right? That gets him down three. They go down four, and lo and behold, Spencer did what he hits a three. Now Luca's the hero. He gets to the line. He hits a free throw. They're down by two. The intentional miss, the Mavs kind of tip around. It just falls right to him. Hey, look, there was a 100% chance that shot was going in. Like when, when you cut yeah, a nine point lead two and you have a chance to tie, and I, I think he ended regulation at 53, like you're already over 50, like that shot's going in. Every time, like the ball could go to anyone else, it's not going, and Luca's making it every time. And the missed the free throw on purpose play is so hard. Like the, the, there's the viral video of Manu, and it just goes in. Like sometimes it flies out of bounds. It's hard. It was perfect. Like right into the middle of the lane, they just tipped it right to him. Perfect execution to do that by Luca. How how's Tibbs feeling after this one? Like, how- oh, have you seen the video, the picture, Jake, of Luca celebrating after that shot goes in, and Tibbs is in the background. Both hands up, probably screaming rebound, but you know, just <laughs> totally exasperated. And he's got to feel gutted for a lot of reasons. One, because that just happened against his team. But like he played everybody to death, quickly played 50 minutes. Deuce McBride plays 46 minutes. Quentin Grimes plays 48 minutes. Randall plays 45. And they lost. Like, like he pulled out all the cards he could. He played all of his best dudes pretty much as much as reasonably possible in the regular season, probably slightly even beyond that. And they still, you know, they couldn't. They couldn't get anyone else in there, and they they still couldn't win. No, it's just, oh, I saw Knicks fans on Twitter, and they were having a real rough go of it. I think everyone else kind of wanted to see Luka make history because it's fun to see these players do this, right? For all the talk of, like, the regular season doesn't matter, we're up late freaking out and geeking out over this performance Luka did on a on a Tuesday night, which I think says something, which is pretty, pretty fun, but... Oh, Knicks fans, sorry. That loss is absolutely brutal. If you want to hear more from the Knicks side of things or the Mavs side of things, of course, go check out Locked on Knicks, Locked on Mavs. Does this throw Luka like right back into the MVP conversation? I know it's it's probably too early to really talk about that stuff, but we do it anyway. But all of a sudden you see this and it's just an eye-opening performance. Yeah, he, he's a tricky MVP candidate, not because it's not obvious he's good. Like it's obvious he's amazing. You know, what's going to happen that's going to suck for Luka is this always happens every year with MVP candidates. People start using stats like on-off stats, and Luca has the worst teammates of every MVP candidate. So his are going to look amazing, which people are going to say, oh, it's not fair that his teammates are bad, but like he's carrying them so much, it's like hard to quantify how much harder that is than what some of these other guys are doing. So there's going to be some funky discourse, certainly, around his MVP candidacy. That said, yeah, I mean, like he was already in the top whatever you want three yeah, five, he's in there. Two. <laughs> you know it, it, this certainly moves him up in, in a lot of people's standings he, if he's not your number one he's got to be in the mix i mean that that 
six sixty is ridiculous, and and twenty rebounds is ridiculous. Like individually, either of those numbers are insane. He did both. Never happened before. Never happened before. It's one on one, right? Like that tells you how special of a performance that that was. And look, maybe the Dallas Mavericks will get some help. Trey Young. We'll take a look at their odds. Yeah, I'm a professional. I can do the segue here, Tony. Um, we'll talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks. Tonight, you would have made some money if you took Luka Doncic to score more than 26 and a half points to have more than eight and a half assists, and certainly whatever his rebound number is, I bet he beat that. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. You see the number more than that or less than that. It's that simple. And they offer projections on any sport that you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And they also offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, price picks will give you 50. Don't forget enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday recapping all the biggest stories around the association. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We are moving on from Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks just doing some incredible things. Like we 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 hinted at it, Tony, right? Like seems like they need a little bit more help there for Luka with that team, with the way he's dragging him. Could it be, could it be Trey Young? from Atlanta. Got this one over to me today from betonline.net, one of our sponsors here. Trey Young's next team, if it's not the Atlanta Hawks, the Dallas Mavericks are the favorites at 5-2. to two. You know, there's been some... So one, do you think do you think Trey Young might be on the move? You know, there's been some rumors of friction there. He skipped showing up to a game. You know, it seems a little weird to kind of put him in there, but we've been surprised by these trades before. Yeah, look, this kind of stuff pops up every year, right? There's always one star, I feel like, that is surprisingly traded every season. James Harden, two years in a row, honestly, could be the guy <laughs> you say takes the mantle, but like Gobert to Minnesota was, maybe Gobert being moved wasn't surprising, but that move specifically, you know, I don't need to give you examples. Everybody follows the NBA who's here, but you know, it always it would not be surprising. Like that team isn't playing that well. There's reportedly some friction inside that squad. They just went all in and it's not really working. And Jake, Let's give our listeners here a little bit of a history lesson because two weeks ago we were talking about the team that most needs to make a trade. Is it the Lakers? Is it someone else? And we both said, hey, maybe the Mavs need to be one of those teams because Luka has to do stuff like this for them to be barely over 500. That makes a lot. In theory, it makes a lot of sense why if the Hawks said, okay, that this player is not helping us win as much as we need, like this isn't the right core, we have to we have to pull the plug right now. I don't know why that they would decide that, but or maybe trade demands a trade. I don't know. If the Hawks get to that point, yeah, it makes sense for the Mavs to try. I don't know if they would have enough in their chamber, but they, you know, they have to. They have to get Luca running mate to me. It's so funny too that the Mavs are the favorite after they trade Trey and DeAndre Hunter for Luca yeah, <laughs> originally I know, right? on draft night. 
It's a lot of irony there, right? I think that's the, that's the phrase or the word to use there. You know, they make, I think, the most sense in terms of fit, right? I think, you know, I've watched this Dallas team a good bit, and I've also listened to Locked On Mavs, and they've talked about it. You know, they're missing, like, another ball handler, right? Another creator, another distributor on that team. You have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's doing it, but he only gives you so much, and there's, like, no one else, right? They signed Kemba Walker to see if he maybe could give them any of that. So to bring in a guy that's averaging 9.9 assists this season, you know, along with the offense that he can give you 27 and a half points per game. Yeah. Like, of course, most teams want to add a guy like that. You know, I think him being kind of shoot first at times might scare off some other teams, but if you can find a way to stagger the minutes with him and Luca, it seems to make a lot of sense, but he's, he's exactly the type of player I think that the Dallas Mavericks need. What about some of the other the other teams in here? After the Mavericks, you've got the Miami Heat at seven to two, the Boston Celtics at four to one, the Nuggets and the Lakers both at seven to one. I mean, Miami's certainly looking for another guy. I think you know a guy like Trey Young would kind of thrive in that environment there. The Lakers don't have any chance there. I don't know why they're on that list at all. We'll get into them also in the next segment. Uh, yeah, unless they're trading uh, Anthony Davis or LeBron James, I do not. I don't think they're <laughs> they're at all in this mix. Yeah, look, the, they have the second best odds, so this is obviously easy to say. But the Heat jumped out to me the most because they have sometimes it becomes a meme, but this Heat culture thing is pretty real. For all accounts of every player who's ever played there, like Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, even some of the player leadership on that team has been good at holding people accountable, getting everybody on the same goal, notorious for like getting guys in shape. They have this ridiculously hard um, fitness test before the season starts. All this stuff that just, it's like the the peak culture environment in the NBA. If you're a team that would like to bet on your culture with a guy like Trey Young, who is reportedly maybe not the best offseason fit on a different team, they stand out to me as like a team that could be like, you got to buy in with us, right? And they've done that with a lot of players in the past. Uh, I feel like they could do it for him again. I don't know what they could trade trade to get him, but uh, beyond problem that here. hurdle that also exists for the Lakers, right? They they seem like a natural fit from a franchise perspective. From like a this team needs a good player perspective, it's kind of hard to come up with the non Dallas like this team makes a ton of sense to me fit for Trey Young because a lot of the teams that need other stars already have a guy who's the ball a lot, so it's hard to really just plug him in somewhere else. Yeah, you look at some of the other ones on the list. You know, you've got the San Antonio Spurs, which would be absolutely hilarious after the Giontae Murray trade this offseason. You've got New Orleans. I talked about it on Locked on Pelicans today. You know, I, I don't know. A shoot first guy like that, you know, on a team with a couple ball dominant guys is interesting. The Clippers at 10 to 1, the Trailblazers 12 to 1, then the Utah Jazz at 12 to 1. And the Atlanta Hawks kind of remind me a little bit of those, the Jerry Sloan, Darren Williams, Utah Jazz teams a little bit, where all of a sudden that trade came out of nowhere you know, going on 10 plus years ago. And it feels like, you know, they're underachieving, right? They they just lost big to your Indiana Pacers. You were at the game. And the Pacers got killed by basically the third string from New Orleans the night before. That team just feels like they're really underachieving, disappointing. If there's friction between Trey Young and the head coach, you know, I, I doubt you choose Nate McMillan over your star point guard. But at a certain point, this this stuff just feels untenable a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. There can be like an element with those. You call them a shoot first guy like that can be frustrating to play with sometimes if you're his team. He's really good. Like he's earned the right to play that way. I'm not saying this to bash anyone, but I get why it could be frustrating for teammates, too. So, yeah, it's it. You know, it's a tricky situation. And I think uh, on the low post, they were thinking of places he could end up like 
ideally Rudy Gobert would be a good teammate for him. But like, how can the Timberwolves pull that off? And, you know, the Knicks have been searching for a star for forever. They just got another point guard, though. Like, how would they try to pull it off? And man, would it be funny to see him go from the villain in MSG to on the Knicks. But he is kind of a a harder trade fit, despite being immensely talented, right? He's obviously very, very good. It's not as easy to trade him as some of the other very, very good young players in the league. Yeah, I don't know. This is one of those ones that it seems like maybe a trade isn't going to happen this season, but in a year or two, it seems like he's going to be out of there. It feels somewhat similar to like Donovan Mitchell, too, where for years we were kind of hearing he's not happy there. It's not working. And then eventually, boom, it happens this offseason. And you're not like totally blindsided by it, but it's still a little bit of a surprise. Like I could see that happening to Trey Young in the future where it's like, okay, they just weren't achieving what they wanted to do. Yes, he's a very good player. Yes, they were making the postseason every year, but they weren't winning a title. There's other issues going on there, and he's kind of like, get get me the heck out of here. So they oblige him. But you're right. It, it, it's kind of tough to find the right kind of fit. Is there a swap potential with like the Bulls who maybe need to blow it up too and send out, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach, Zach Levine for him and just try and kind of get younger and retool around a guy like that? Does that make any sense? Maybe. I just pulled that you know, one up like right now. Another all-star on their team already and like good young players and pieces. Like they Hawk could be good pretty quick. But that that you know, it, it, when you're when you built your team around Trey Young, it's hard to trade Trey Young and then be good, yeah. right? Like that, you know that that's not like a feasible strategy. So it's it's tricky to pull that off. But this reminds me a little bit of to a lesser scale, like the end of Harden in Houston, where they switched coaches, they tried other co-stars, right? Murray maybe is Russ, maybe he's CP3, wherever you want to put the, this timeline for the Hawks, and then they try Silas, and it gets whatever that was, 15 games into the season before James Harden puts his foot down. You know, this kind of feels like that to me, although maybe it's a little premature to say that, but they, they I, I just watched them play. Like, they don't look like that threatening of a team. Yeah, I, I think that kind of says something, and you've got to wonder how expensive that Hawks team might get kind of quickly, too, with some of the guys that they have, and is it yep. worth paying the tax and all that? And that's kind of like the looming threat all of here to kind of maybe force a decision. So we'll see. That's a name that those odds hit my inbox, and it's like, wait wait a second. Yeah, this kind of makes sense, and certainly the Mavericks being the favorite there just in terms of fit, I think, definitely makes a lot of sense. Something that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is deleting tweets if you're a super famous person. Yes, Tony, we're going to talk about it. LeBron James deleting tweets. What's that mean? Let's break down the social media stuff coming up here next. It's real or fake in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether it's pro football, college bowl season, basketball. They've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts you're listening here today i assume you do you can even find those over at bet online as well it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info if you want nba futures coach of the year mvp all of those they got them you know what's going on in this league go throw some money down make the season a little bit more interesting so head to the website today or use your mobile device to get there to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net bet online where the game starts And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free. Some of the best hosts on the network, breaking down everything going on around the association. Now, if you want to catch up on all of the games, and there were like 11 or 10 of them yesterday, NBA game to game. Get a one-minute, two-minute recap from each side. You're going to learn everything you need to know about the NBA and the games from the night before over at NBA game to game. 
Tony, you were laughing before. Are you ready for this one? I, I am ready for this one. Feel bad for the Lakers. They finally get a win. <laughs> and th- that is not the topic of conversation. I know. We so <laughs> every Wednesday, real or fake, it's the signature segment here. LeBron James deleted a tweet. It was the one from April 22nd of 2022. And it says, I can slash will not, not as capitalized, miss the postseason again for my career. This stuff hurt. Okay, back to watching these games. LeBron deleted that tweet. So, Tony, real or fake? LeBron James knows he's not making the playoffs again this season. Yeah, look, he tweeted that in April. That was in the first round last year. He said, I'm not missing this stuff again. Uh, Well, given the offseason moves the Lakers made, I find it hard to believe that they were going to make it this year, as you well know, covering the team who owns their first-round pick, Jake. Uh, But... Yeah, I, I mean, Anthony Davis is out. Like, they're just not good right now, and it's very hard to figure out what their way out is. Like, what at first it was, it's funny their their season life cycle has progressed so strangely for success, right? At first they just weren't good. Then they finally kind of figured out how to be good with Russ on the bench. But then when they figured out how to make Russ good, it didn't make sense to trade him. And now AD's out, and it doesn't make sense to make trades again. Like, it never has made sense for them to go for it in any, at any time. This season, and yet here they are at 13 and 20 with, you know, a bottom 10 offense and defense and Anthony Davis out for a, a while. Definitely. We don't, we don't even in, know. In like two days, three days. I forget when his birthday is, but it's right before New Year's. Like, he's got to know that he has very few seasons of this level of play left, if if any. And if, if they can't be good enough this year, it might just not ever happen again. Yeah, that look, him deleting the tweet says something, right? Like he cultivates a certain kind of image, right? He doesn't want that getting dragged up the day that the Lakers are like mathematically eliminated from the postseason because you know that was going to get quote tweeted if Twitter still exists then, you know, to to the high heavens here. And he wanted to avoid a situation like that. This in some capacity very clearly says like he sees the reality of this situation with this Lakers team, which you said is not very good. The time to make a move was probably before the season started and probably with your Indiana Pacers bring in Miles Turner bring in Buddy Heald you know that would have made them better for you know in exchange for Russell Westbrook I think but then as you said they've kind of found a spot for Westbrook and then the AD injury as he's playing the best basketball arguably of his career is just so massively impactful for him to the point where we don't, we don't know when he's returning we have no idea he's out indefinitely for at least a month and that can't inspire any sort of confidence in this Lakers team like yeah they won they beat the Orlando Magic you know, tonight, last night, depending on when you're listening to this. And that Magic team has been winning recently, but it's still a 13-win Orlando Magic team, right? Like, it wasn't like a quality win necessarily. Like, in the, now we're hearing the reports that they realize they should not trade any of the future assets, things like that. Now, part of that is because they can get a little bit more creative and there's a little bit more flexibility after this coming season, I think when, you know, potentially some of the picks you could kind of see when they may convey to the Pelicans or not, that's going to kind of factor into that. New Orleans, what's really holding them up has the right to, they have a pick swap this year and then next year in 2024 or 2025, they can choose which of those two years so they can defer a 2024 pick to 2025. I don't know if they almost need to give New Orleans another selection to be like, choose the year right now and that frees them up to trade an extra pick all of a sudden. That could be worth it for them in some capacity, but 
there's just no avenues for them right now. Like none, especially with the AD injuries and how much he has struggled since the bubble. Yeah, they they prior to beating the Magic, they had lost eight of eleven, and yeah, without AD, they just aren't good enough. They just aren't. Like it's LeBron and Russ and some guys who are good some nights, like Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and some centers and some other guys who aren't as good every night, right? And and even those guys have off nights that I just said. Like they're just not a good constructed team. There's not a lot, a lot. There's not a lot to it. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, so this is very real, huh? That I, even I think you know, you know the, I think the reporting from. A lot of people was they were right up till camp considering deals that made sense. And I agree with you that if you're going to do it, you have to do it in the offseason. Like, I, I don't think you can bring Russ into to a little bit of the year and just hope it works like that. That, that would never work because then if you start awesome, you're going to keep him. And if you start terrible, the price, go, the price goes up to get rid of him. And all of a sudden, is it even worth it? Because your record's bad. Like, do you want to? waste that season but also do you want to waste the lebron's playing good still like yeah, you know, it, it's that they, they put themselves between a rock and a hard place and they didn't have to do that right so that that is kind of inexplicable and now here they are where i don't i don't know if any site still does you know playoff odd number percentages or something like that but they're 13th right in the west like it's got to be extremely low at this stage like very rarely does a team consider them threatening and teams still like are like oh we're going against lebron and the lakers like we got to play our best you know they're getting teams best punches yeah. too like they're just there's no way they can recover the point to make it this year and then lebron turns 39 next year russ is off the team maybe they have some cap space but you know everybody's getting older they still don't have a ton of flexibility like they're they're really stuck and so i get i get why this happened even though it's a uh, a little funny that it becomes a topic of discussion it, it's funny. Look, it, it, it's hilarious. He deleted the tweet, right? Like to me, this is like very real. Like he realizes this is this season's not going well, and you've got to wonder if you know maybe he shuts it down or something. But he's obviously got a lot to play for in chasing the all-time scoring mark in the NBA, which should happen sometime in the new year. It's just. It's a mess, man. Like, you just can't rely on Anthony Davis, it feels like, right now. And that's such a shame for them with the way he had been playing. But, yeah, I think I – don't, I don't think it's just LeBron who who thinks that this season is toast for them. I think it's kind of everybody, right? They're four and a half games out of the six seed, something like that. They're only two games out of the play-in tournament. But I wouldn't trust that team in the play-in tournament whatsoever right now. They've And they've just got such a long way to go. And I don't know, at LeBron's age, if he can just carry them for a whole season with that just – not great supporting cast is the way to put it. So, yeah, I think it's very, very real, right? I think we're both in agreement that LeBron thinks the season's kind of done for that team. There's no reason to delete that tweet. There's none, right? Yeah, it, 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 it didn't say, well, I'm going to make it next year. It said, I'm going to be back in the playoffs. Like, just, you know, wait till next year, Get use your cast space, and then be like, this is the team. We did it. We, I don't know. You get time. He's still great. He's still great. This season, not so great, though, for the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, that's going to do it. We're making Tony laugh too much here on, on the Wednesday episode of Locked on NBA. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your co-host on Wednesdays, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. I'm Tony East, host of Locked on Pacers on Twitter at T East NBA. You got Nick Engstad and Pat the Designer coming on tomorrow. I bet Nick wishes he was doing today's show. La Hossa locked on Mavs after what Luca did. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.